for all the funeral guests were bidden, and most of them were certain to come. He had attempted that morning to remove his mother's accustomed chair from the drawing-room, fearing that the sight of it might distress some of her old friends. But the oldest of these, Miss Puss Pottinger, had caught him in the act, and berated him for heartlessness. Louisa's chair, she said, through angry tears, must stay where it had always been. She, Miss Puss, would not permit this relic of a great and fragrant spirit to be banished to an upstairs room on the very day of the funeral. And to make sure that no one committed unwitting sacrilege by sitting in it, she would herself lay one of the funeral wreaths, the cushion of white roses from the Imperial Order, Daughters of the Empire, on the seat. So the chair remained a shrine, and for Sally a portent of the ordeal which was yet to come. The service was running according to schedule, a full choir had been specified in the directions, and as full a choir as could be mustered on a weekday was present. Because the schools had closed for the Christmas holidays, eighteen of the cathedral's twenty boys had been secured, eight of the singing men had been able to come. Forty dollars for the men and thirty-six for the boys? Well, Mother had wanted it. They had sung Samuel Sebastian Wesley's Man That Is Born, and had followed it with Purcell's Thou Knowest, Lord. Luckily, in these two selections, Mother's taste had agreed with that of the cathedral organist, Humphrey Cobbler. The hazard was yet to come. This hazard was Mrs. Bridgetower's personal contribution to the funeral service. She had attended many funerals in her time, and had been unfavorably impressed— by the fact that what the prayer-book had to say about death seemed to apply chiefly to men. A feminist of a dignified sort all her life, she felt that the funeral service lacked the feminine touch, and she had arranged for this to be supplied at her own burial. She had specified that a certain piece of music be sung, and that it be sung by a female voice. She admired, she said in her last letter to her son, the fine choir of men and boys which Mr. Cobbler had made so great an adornment of St. Nicholas. But at her funeral she wanted a woman to sing My Task, E. L. Ashford's lovely setting of Maud Louise Ray's dear and inspiring poem. The dean had not liked the idea, but he did not go so far as to forbid it. He knew that he would have to brave Miss Puss if he did so. But Humphrey Cobbler had hooted. Cobbler was a personal friend of Solly's, and he had spoken with great freedom. "'Music is like wine, Bridgestar,' he had said. "'The less people know about it, the sweeter they like it. "'You can't have that sickening musical bonbon at your mum's funeral. "'It'll disgrace us all.' But after prolonged argument he had succumbed. He had even undertaken to find a woman to sing. She was about to sing now. The dean, rather sneakily in Solly's opinion, was uttering a disclaimer. "'At this point,' he said, "'there will be sung some verses which were dear to our deceased sister, "'and which she specifically requested should be given utterance at this service.' Then he seated himself in his stall, looking as much as possible as if he were someone else, somewhere else, and deaf. "'It's not really the poem that's biting him.' thought Solly, angrily. It's the idea of the poem applied to Mother. Well, she wanted it, and here it is, to hell with them all. The singer was by the organ consul with Cobbler, and thus could not be seen by the mourners in the nave. 
Pure, sweet, and clear, her voice made itself heard. To love someone more dearly every day, to help a wandering child to find his way, to ponder o'er a noble thought and pray, and smile when evening falls, this is my task. That was how she thought of herself, mused Veronica. Probably it didn't seem as sticky to her as it does to us. And oh, that last six months, was that what she called smiling when evening falls? But I tried, I really did try. I slaved for her as I never slaved for my own mother. I did all I could to make her feel our marriage was a good thing for Sally. Did I ever pierce through to her heart? I hope so, I pray so. I want to think kindly of her. A very little wintry sun struck through one of the cathedral windows, the calm, silvery voice, somewhat hollow and echoing.